Listen Podcast with my mom, Shawnee, and my auntie, Leonica. Here we go. Episode 28. Go ahead. Do what you did. I'm Leonica. That's Shalini. And I don't care if you listen. Episode 28 is on and popping. Here we go. Leonica. Yesterday, you had a little emergency with your kiddo. It was the day before yesterday, but we went and got him medical treatment. So that was your Valentine's Day gift. Your um, son broke his kneecap. You said he chipped his kneecap. Yeah. Feel better, Kamari. Get well soon. Get ready for football. Um, Lee's going, you, you had to deal with some medical stuff with your mom. So give your mom my love too. All kinds of big love there. Um... I have got to tell you, I I was blessed enough to go see Hamilton, which I did not understand what all the hype was about, but it was my anniversary, birthday, Christmas, and Valentine's Day gift wrapped into one, because that's just, and it's uh, exciting, because I enjoyed myself thoroughly, um, and people got talent and skills that are just amazing and mind-blowing, and it was an amazing experience, but... I wanted to tell you, Chris got a job, um, so that's pretty awesome. So he starts a new contract. Yep, he starts a new contract um, very soon, which is amazing. And then I am growing. I got a new school, and then my son's school asked me if I would teach some after-school music there. So things are happening. So I was like, just got to keep the the... the Attitude of gratitude. When we were talking about heaven and hell on earth and, you know, our spiritual goals versus our tangible goals, it's all kind of just this, I know I've got to be grateful for the stuff that I can be grateful for. Mm-hmm. So cheers to being grateful. And with that, um, we can start episode 28 talking about the president declaring a national emergency. <laughs> and... In the same time that he's announcing his national emergency, saying, I know I don't need to do this. He is a a national emergency. He is a national disaster. It's so embarrassing. Ann Coulter said he is the only national emergency. That's what one of his biggest supporters said. Mm -mm -mm. Yeah, he was all on my TV while I was working. I didn't appreciate it either. I would have rather watched anything. I mean anything i would rather watch fishing <laughs> the discovery channel jerry springer bowling shuffleboard pool girl so in declaring a national emergency this is from npr he tried to underscore the urgency of what he calls a national security crisis along the u.s border with mexico while at the same time downplaying the gravity of his response president and his advisor Advisors couched the emergency declaration as a routine move by the executive branch to redirect money Congress has authorized, just as previous presidents have done dozens of times. Critics scoffed at that argument and accused Trump of an illegal power grab. The emergency declaration is designed to free up more than $6.6 billion for Trump's controversial border wall. After lawmakers rejected the president's demand and approved only a fraction of the wall funding Trump had asked for, he insists the extra money is necessary to control an influx of illicit drugs as well as people fleeing poverty and violence in Central America. He says, we have an invasion of drugs and criminals coming into our country. That's what he said during the Rose Garden ceremony. 
Um, his plan would redirect money from the Defense Department and the Treasury to supplement $1.375 billion Congress authorized for the wall. The extra money would allow the administration to build more than 230 miles of border barrier rather than 55 miles lawmakers approved. But he still won't provide evidence of why there's a need. There's no criminal reports. There's no data that he can provide us saying that he's he's got it. You know what I mean? That he we need this. That and then he goes on to say it's fake news that all of the local and county officials along the border are reporting that there is no crisis. He's saying that fake news is reporting that. Well, Ann Coulter, who is like his, his, I hate the use of the word pundit, but that's like his pundit. He looks to her and Fox News to make decisions. And she said he's the biggest threat. This is super dumb because there's a few different reasons that it's dumb. Not only is he saying that he didn't need to do it. He just wants to get his stuff done quickly. So he said that, and that breaks the rule that breaks the law. You have to, there has to be a need. So you've already implicated yourself there. But there's people who are saying we could sue, as a nation, we could sue him for that. And he he expects that. He said that in his speech today. He, expects he already to knows him. what it is. He said, I'm going to make this order, and then there's going to be um, a lawsuit. And the last time there was, we weren't uh, victorious, and then uh, something happened and we were. <laughs> <laughs> And he said it that simply. That is- yeah, the other piece, uh, aside from that, is the precedent that it sets. Like, not only could we sue him for filing a state of, uh, declaring a state of emergency when it's not needed, but the other side of that is the precedent that it sets. So Doug Hay is somebody from Twitter. He said, make no mistake, the next Democratic president will declare national emergencies on guns and climate change and cite the Trump precedent when doing so. Yeah, that's right. So you didn't get what you want and that's a national emergency? All right, cool. Yep, remember that. Gotcha. Remember that. I'm writing that down on this day, 215. The system is broken. According to Senator Jeff Merkley, law only allows the use of a national emergency in two scenarios. One, declaration of war. Two, emergency requiring the use of armed forces. Not because you failed at negotiating and Mexico won't pay for your racist wall. The American people will see you in court at real Donald Trump. So that's what's up there. He's expecting that. And he's expecting it to get tied up in course. I mean, he admitted that that's his M.O. Mm-hmm. So think about it. By the time he gets through the courts, his term will be done and he'll be out. Mm. And, you know, I hear the contractors that he are, he's trying to hire for to construct the wall and the suppliers are all his homeboys. Of course. The only reason that the wall probably is such a push for him, yeah, it looks good. It looks like to the Patriots or whoever you the, you know, whatever you want to call him, it, it looks like he's trying to protect the borders. But he's got some serious money invested in those contracts that are going to be building the wall mm-hmm. and everything around it. 
and I'm sure it's probably people who um, pay his lobbyists. Oh, did you see, we'll talk about it in a minute. Did you see AOC playing the campaign finance game? Mm-mm. Yeah, we'll get to that in this podcast. Episode 28, I don't care if you listen. I'm Shalini, she's Leonica, and we're happy that you're here. Uh, a state of emergency has been declared. We're recording on Friday, the 15th of February, the day after Valentine's Day. Um, Nancy Pelosi, she said, um, from NBC News, she said, This is plainly a power grab by a disappointed president who has gone outside the bounds of the law trying to get what he failed to achieve in the constitutional legislation pro- legislative process. Um, the Congress will defend our constitutional authorities in the Congress, in the courts, and in the public using every remedy available. I don't know, Lee. Makes my head, makes my head explode, quite honestly. It's dirty politics. Um, so there's news on Colin Kaepernick. Oh, yeah? What's he up to? So Colin Kaepernick reaches deal with the NFL to settle collusion allegations. Former San Francisco 49ers quarterback Colin Kaepernick and the NFL have reached an agreement to settle his allegation that league teams colluded to deny him a contract after his controversial protests in which he took a knee during the national anthem. Again, this is from NPR. Uh, The league has also reached a deal with Carolina Panthers safety Eric Reed over similar collusion allegations. A lawyer for Kaepernick, Mark Garagos, tweeted that after discussions, the parties have decided to resolve their pending grievances. The NFL issued an identical statement. Details of the agreement are not public, but as the Associated Press notes, considering the lost salary both players claimed and legal costs, the settlement could have climbed into the tens of millions. The resolution of this matter is subject to a confidentiality agreement, so there will be no further comment by any party, the statement said. Kaepernick said he was protesting the treatment of African Americans and other minorities in the U.S. He started his protest in August 2016 when he became a free agent at the end of the season. He was not picked up by any team. He filed a grievance in 2017 alleging collusion among team owners to keep him out of the NFL. So he got paid. Good for you, Colin. That's right. He will eat. And I'm sure he will donate and use the majority of that money to continue to fight against unnecessary harassment, murders, and racial racial profiling of black and brown people. I think you're right. And I think that my biggest and anybody's biggest reason for supporting Colin Kaepernick is he's taken the unpopular and the hard route. He didn't cop out when, you know, like he, he, he's gone at it. He hasn't backed down and it's not an easy route to take. And he did it. I think anytime anyone's willing to take the not easy route, you got to give them some love somehow. Exactly. I I hope we start seeing more of him. I hope so. Somebody's got to stand up. And he's already positioned himself to play the role. So go, Colin. I don't care if you listen. I don't care if you listen. I don't care if you listen. The podcast with Shalini and Leonica. So Alexandria Ocasia Cortez. Um, she's the horse's patoot these days. 
she's doing all the talking that we kind of want to hear and we hope somebody would do. That's right. We talked about her a little bit last week. And we talked about the fact that she would be our girl. <laughs> mm-hmm. And that would definitely be the case. But she... I I, I, I don't want to be a... I don't want to just jump on the bandwagon just to jump on the bandwagon, but kind of the fact that she's a minority woman right off the bat, she's got my support fact. So there's that done, but she is making me a fan just the way she's simplifying things for people who are so numb to the corruption that's just expected at that level. She, um, is really addressing the U.S. campaign finance laws. And mm-hmm. she put it in a House committee hearing. Um, she, it's a, it's a video, it went viral, during a hearing held by the House Oversight and Reform Committee on Strengthening Ethics Rules for the Executive Branch, swept across the Internet this week. The video put together, this is by Now This News, shows the high-profile New York Congress member playing a lightning round game with witnesses, the purpose to highlight how it's legal for Congre- how it's legal for congressional candidates to do a lot of shady stuff and they're held to a higher standard than the president. I saw part of it. Yeah, she went off. It was just like, yep, that's that's about right. If I want to run a campaign that is entirely funded by corporate political action committees, is that is there anything that legally prevents me from doing that? No. Okay, so there's nothing stopping me from being entirely funded by corporate PACs, say, from the fossil fuel industry, the healthcare industry, big pharma. I'm entirely 100% lobbyist PAC uh, funded. Okay, so let's say I'm a really, really bad guy. And let's say I have some skeletons in my closet that I need to cover up so that I can get elected. Um, Mr. Smith, is it true that you wrote this article, this opinion piece for the Washington Post entitled these payments to women were unseemly that doesn't mean they were illegal well i can't see the piece but i wrote a piece under that headline in the post so i assume that's right okay great so green light for hush money i can do all sorts of terrible things it's totally legal right now for me to pay people off and that is considered speech that money is considered speech. So I use my special interest dark money funded campaign to pay off folks that I need to pay off and get elected. So now I'm elected, now I'm in. I've got the power to draft, lobby, and shape the laws that govern the United States of America. Fabulous. Now, is there any hard limit that I have? Perhaps, uh, Mrs. Hobart Flynn, is there any hard limit that I have in terms of what legislation I'm allowed to touch? Are there any limits on the laws that I can write or influence, especially if I'm uh, based on the uh, special interest funds that I accepted to finance my campaign and get me elected in the first place? There's no limit. So there's none. So I can be totally funded by oil and gas. I can be totally funded by big pharma. Come in, write big pharma laws, and there's no limits to that whatsoever. That's right. Okay. So (laughs) awesome. Now, now, Mr. Marabani, the last thing I want to do is get rich with as little work possible. That's really what I'm trying to do as the bad guy, right? So is there anything preventing me from holding stocks, say, in an oil or gas company and then writing laws to deregulate that industry and cause, you know, that could potentially cause the stock value to soar and accrue a lot of money in that time? 
you could do that. So I could do that. I could do that now with the way our current laws are are set up. Yes. Yes. Okay, great. Is it possible that any elements of this story apply to our current government and our current public servants right now? Yes. Yes. So we have a system that is fundamentally broken. We have these influences existing in this body, which means that these influences are here in this committee shaping the questions that are being asked of you all right now. Would you say that that's correct, Mr. Marabani or Mr. Shaw? Yes. Would you say that Congress has the same sort of standard of accountability? Are there, is there more teeth in that regulation in Congress on the president? Or would you say it's about even or more so on the federal? Um, in terms of laws that apply to the president, mm-hmm. yeah, there's just almost no laws at all that apply to the president. So I'm being held and every person in this body is being held to a higher ethical standard than the president of the United States. That's right, because there are some committee uh, ethics committee rules that apply to you. And it's already super legal, as we've seen, for me to be a pretty bad guy. So it's even easier for the president of the United States to be one, I would assume. That's right. Thank you very much. She just, like, made a point and made them confess to being idiots, basically. That's what it sounded like to me. (laughs) That's what I heard. So you guys are letting people screw us all over and get away with it, huh? Yes. Okay. They're in cahoots. So lobbyists and, um, you know, businesses that have enough money to buy politicians, we've always known it to be, but but there you have it. You didn't think it was possible? There you have it. Yeah, they have always been in cahoots. I don't care if you listen. I don't care if you listen. I don't care if you listen. The podcast with Shalini and Leonica. Have you heard of alienation of affection? Um, I haven't heard of it, but I can imagine what it is. Go. Yes, you can sue your marriage's home wrecker. North Carolina remains one of only six states allowing so-called alienation of affection lawsuits in which a spouse can sue the third party who broke up the marriage. In North Carolina, when you say, I do, you don't promise to sue. Yet, it's a reality for couples whose marriages aren't happily ever after and who happen to live in North Carolina. There's a small screen movie about a real Burlington couple, one of many who walked down the aisle in court for alienation of affection. This is what North Carolina calls heart balm action, a balm for your heart, explained a family law trial attorney, Jessica Culver. So if a third party has inserted themselves into your marriage in some way and destroyed the love and affection in your marriage, you have a remedy available, she explained. WFMY News 2 sat down with both Culver and Winston-Salem-based trial attorney J. Scott Smith. With the law offices of J. Scott Smith, they explained they see approximately 200 alienation of affection cases filed in North Carolina every year. How many? 200 per year. Wow. Some lawyers call it the a mother-in-law a mother-in-law suit because indeed an in-law can get in the way. Are you kidding me? Oh. Even so, the accuser must prove through evidence that the third party interfered. They have to have proof. 
That could be anything. That could be constant phone calls. Disagreements. That's real petty. I mean, petty. That's so petty. <laughs> I mean, why would you sue? You knew that they were the type of people that's going to interfere and involve themselves in the relationship in the first place. You knew if you married a mama's boy or a daddy's girl. You knew that. You absolutely positively knew that before you got involved. So why would you sue your in-laws? <laughs> you should be suing yourself. Well, this attorney, this I think is an interesting point. Um, this attorney, Culver, says, one of the questions I ask, the one of the first questions I ask is, who is the third party? If we know and we... And do we know if they have assets? They explain, Culver explained. North Carolina is one of only six states and one territory, Mississippi, South Dakota, New Mexico, Utah, Hawaii, Puerto Rico, that still allow alienation of affection. The origin is controversial. Culver says this comes from the same dogma that created the idea that women, wives, and their women, wives are their husband's property. Petty. So if if a man beats his wife and her dad comes and sneaks her away and won't give information about where the wife is, the man can sue. Technically, I guess, yeah. Girl. Yeah, I think that's interesting. That's dumb. Alienation of affection dates back to the dowry days of old English law. North Carolina first recognized it in Barbie versus Armstead in 1849. In 1868, the state passed the Married Women's Property Act, allowing women to sue too. Mm, mm, mm. Property. I guess some people just want revenge as much as they can get it, you know, for yeah. that. And that to me just sounds like legal revenge. Like it's as much revenge as you can kind of, you know, inflict. Right. Just so I could see you or to inconvenience you because you have to go to this hearing. Yeah. Time off of work. Because of me. Ha 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 ha. Very insane. Do you ever watch that show, Cheaters? I have to confess mm-hmm. I've watched it. Mm-hmm. Cracking up. That's some Sometimes. Tr- that's some shitty shit right there. That's some drama. Yeah, it is. I can't handle that drama. This couple that I, I know. The guy said that he was had to go practice something with friends, and the girl found out that he was actually going to a bar, to a club or whatever. And I was just like, oh my gosh, <laughs> I so don't have the energy for that ish. Mm-mm. And to be chasing somebody. I found out today that this um, trip that they're taking up to Atlanta, Chris and his the wrestling dudes, that there's a female rolling with him, and he just didn't, he didn't mention who was going, but he didn't mention that a female was going. It's one of the guy's girlfriends. And there's this part of me that's kind of like, you should have mentioned it, and then there's this other part of me that's like, would I have mentioned it? I might not have mentioned it if it were me. I'm not trying to trip, but, you know. Mm. 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 Yeah. Well, you're not in North Carolina. 
<laughs> Not in North Carolina. But we do take road trips. Believe that. Believe that. We take a road trip real quick. Oh, my bad. <laughs> I'm just saying. <laughs> Gotta try it. <laughs> Don't even try it. Somebody somewhere that's the way my crew. I gotta make my ends the best way I can. Because my man's in the pen for tea. Told me to handle his biz. Told me to handle his biz and keep away from his friends. But the South chose to take another route. Get a lover in this circle what the game was about. Traded in the biz for a Chevy Suburban. Second row from the stage. Awesome. I listened to the soundtrack beforehand just because I needed to, I wanted, you know, I didn't want to get in there and have this like amazing activity in front of me and not be able to kind of register it all because I was too in awe in the moment, you know? Mm-hmm. But this is my favorite song from... Hamilton. One, there's so many good ones. Okay. First, I'll play probably one of the most, like, inspirationally ones, but then I'll play one of my favorites, so. I am not throwing away my shot. I am not throwing away my shot. And you won't just like my country. I'm young, scrappy, and hungry, and I'm not throwing away my shot. I'm going to get a scholarship to King's College. I probably shouldn't brag, but dad got me and astonished. The problem is I'm not a lot of brains, but no polish. I got a holler just to be heard with every word. I drop knowledge. I'm a diamond in the rough. A shining piece of coal, trying to reach my goal. My power of speech, unimpeachable. Only 19, but my mind is sober. These New York City streets get cold. I shoulder every burden, every disadvantage. I've learned to manage. I don't have a gun to brandish. I walk these streets famished. The plan is to fan this walk into a flame. But damn, it's getting dark, so let me spell out the name. I am the A-L-E-X-A-N-D-E-R. We are meant to be a colony that runs independently. Meanwhile, Britney keeps shitting on us endlessly. Essentially. 
Bali, he attacks us relentlessly. Then King George turns around, runs a spending spree. He ain't never gonna set his descendants free. So there will be a revolution in this century. Enter me, he says in parentheses. Don't be shocked when your history book mentions me. I will lay down my life if it sets us free. Eventually, you'll see my ascendancy. And I am not thrown away, not shot. I am not thrown away, not shot. And you I'm just like my country. I'm young, scrappy, and hungry, and I'm not thrown away, my shot. Is it was it was just so good, and then um this is the one that's like the song that's like man these sisters rocked it. So that's just a little taste of my Hamilton. Those are probably my two favorites. There's another one where in the lyrics she says uh, that she can't wait to help rewrite the Constitution or do the amendment uh, where women are in the sequel as far as all, all men being created equal. So I don't know, girl. It was it was a, an experience for sure. It is not to be underrated. And then when I went to the bathroom, I'm standing in line and I was like, oh, this is a, you know, it's a billion women. By the way, for the first time ever, I saw a line for the men's bathroom, which was awesome. Hey. I was like, I don't know why this makes me feel so good to see a line for the men's bathroom, but what, what? Because it pisses you off when there are no stalls, a long line in the women's bathroom, and men are just going out. In and out. Ease. Yep. In and out with ease. Yep. And you're sitting there trying to. You know, do the pee-pee dance. Yep. So I kept saying that to all the women around me. You know, like, I was like, isn't this awesome? Like, high five. Like, woo-woo. And it turns out the lady behind me, she was the mother of the um, the villain in the musical, um, Aaron Burr. And she was just like, you know, I don't usually tell people that, you know, that's my son. But, you know, sometimes you got to brag. And I was like, yeah, for sure. But... It was just a, it was a great experience. It's a great cast. They are amazing. The just being able to have that talent on stage is just fascinating to watch. I would like to shout out myself who got to play Julius Caesar in the sixth grade and 
it was pretty advanced for a sixth grader being able to play a guy's role because none of the guys in the class could hack it after the audition. So I just would like to say, um, you know, Hamilton producers, if you're ever looking for somebody who can do the transgendered roles, I'm in. I would love to sing and stuff and dance. It's amazing. I just, the thing that blows my mind is how they remember all their movements and their words all together. Like, it's a lot. That's a lot. That's why they get paid the big bucks. That's why they are the professionals. You know, I'm just laughing because you said you played a boy in the sixth grade. <laughs> oh, I did. And I, and that's not, that wasn't the only time. <laughs> You know what? You and Dion should get together and uh, create a play because he was um, Michael in Peter Pan. Was he? Yeah, he was. I would love to create a play. Can you imagine with the music that you could like, if we could do any music we wanted and just like be sick with it? Because Hamilton was the brainchild of Lin-Manuel Miranda. And I had to tell you, he, Homeboy had some stuff in his mind because he's a history buff. It's, you know the music buff, the history buff were all able to kind of come together in this production. And yeah, I, girl, I think about it all the time. It's between seeing A Bronx Tale and Hamilton, thank you, Chris, for the amazing experiences. I am just like, I used to love the theater, like being in it. I played Buddha in the fourth grade. I played um, Julius Caesar in the sixth grade. I was in the Fantastics. And anytime we did the volley shows for our Indian group, I would always be, if there was a boy-girl dance, I would always be the boy. Always. You and Dion need to get together, man, because he was Prince Charming and all that. I did some theatrical stuff, too, but um, y'all get excited. I, I love it when people get excited about something and they just get all bright-eyed. and Like, the reason I'm tripping about the seats, I've never really sat close enough in a real, real show where you could see the spit coming out of their mouth. <laughs> it was a trip because there's a lot of spit, like a lot of spit. And Ew. I mean, but if they're impassioned in the moment and singing and dancing, I don't give a shit if spit's coming out. They're just, you know, happy their voice sounds good. I know, you can't help it, but still, I would be looking there like, ew, I need a mask. Give me a mask. <laughs> This, I mean, the whole production, the dancing. Rich folks love more than going downtown and slumming it with the poor. They pull up in their carriages and gawk at the students in the common just to watch them talk. Take Philip Skyler, the man is loaded. Uh-oh, but little does he know that his daughters, Peggy, Angelica, Eliza, stay in the city just to watch all the guys. Angelica, Eliza, and Peggy, Angelica, Peggy, Eliza. Like summer in the city, 
Someone in a rush sniffing, someone looking pretty. Excuse me, miss, I know it's not funny, but your perfume smells like your daddy's got money. While you slumming in the city in your fancy heels, you searching for an urchin who can give you ideals. Sir, you disgust me. Ah, so you disgust me. I'm a trust fund, baby, you can trust me. I've been reading Common Sense by Thomas Paine. So men say that I'm intense around insane. You want a revolution? I want a revelation. So listen to my declaration. We hold these truths to be self-evident that all men are created equal. And when I meet Thomas Jefferson, oh. I'ma compel him to include women in the sequel. Work. Yeah, that's the line I wanted you to hear. It's a great, great, great. I mean, I just, if you get a chance to listen to music, it's definitely worth checking out. Tell Dion to, hold on, Lee, my kid's being too quiet. Hold on. Chase. <laughs> but yeah, it was, um, it was, it was definitely an experience. I like got chills all throughout it. There was, you know, highs, lows, but the music was just so amazing. You know what else is amazing? What? RBG went back to work. I know. What up, RBG? Jewish mom laughed at and banned from every law firm in Manhattan just because she's not a man, so she's lacking a job and a mentor. Grow up to be the nation's great dissenter. No, 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 no. send her way you've got all the power we can send to you rbg you are the woman 
you are in charge and large and you feel and look awesome. Positive mojo to RBG. I don't care if you listen. Podcast number 28 in full swing. I'm Shalini. She's Leonica. We're so happy that you're here, but we don't care if you listen because this is, of course, our therapy and really our documentation of a crazy world currently in a, 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 a declaration of emergency from 45 today. But RBG, love that she's back doing what she does. Yeah. She's going to have to declare that shit unconstitutional. Yep. I mean, what happens when we have a real emergency? Girl, we have a severe emergency right now. And culture. Your mom just posted it on Facebook. The only national emergency is that our president is an idiot. Mm-hmm. That's his girl, too. That's going to make him mad. That's going to get under his skin. But I don't understand how there's still the support for him. I just don't get it. Homeboy is a country ruiner. They're country ruiners. That's what they do. Blind support. Blind support. How does it... Beating a dead horse. Can't do it. I can't do it. I'm staying in an attitude of gratitude. Positive space. There's plenty of good. I'm focus on the good. Focus on the good. Focus on the good. The cream rises to the top. Lick the top. Lick the top. Lick the top. <laughs> so what's good then? What's good, Shell? <laughs> it's good. I mean, there's a lot of good. I've, I had great classes this week. I love making music with kids. I had a few more opportunities open up for music making with kids. My husband got a job offer. You know, we we had to kind of call an audible after our stuff with the store in Michigan kind of went crazy because the people we sold it to are not nice. And it's been this world of like, oh, my God, oh, my God, oh, my God. And it feels like things are taking their time, but they're kind of on, you know, it's going to be okay. It's just that reminder. Everything's going to be okay. We're going to be okay. It's going to be okay. It's going to be okay. And you're going to be okay. And Kamari's going to be okay. And Mama's going to be okay. Mm-hmm. And you're going to be okay, being the strongest person in the house. Everybody's going to be all right. Yeah. Every little thing is going to be all right. I can't waste my time worrying anymore. You got that right. I just can't waste it. <laughs> Oh